Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. The future of sustainable relationships. What I mean by that is uh, that we have lots of problems in relationships. I deal with them all the time. In intimate relationships, we have a high divorce rate. We have uh, high infidelity, lots of infidelity. And also in a bigger scheme, we're seeing all kinds of issues of, uh, of race and other kinds of isms, homophobia and tension between the upper class and middle class and lower class and um, what they call ableism. Uh, what we're realizing is this. We have to evolve in order for life to work. We can't get, stay stuck in old ways of thinking. It's painful for many of us who have thought we got the answers. We have the answers. We know what it takes. We see things. I'm realizing more than anything that in my own marriage of almost 37 years, I have blind spots. And in good relationships, good marriages, the ability to open up to your own blind spots is absolutely crucial. That's maybe the most important thing. You know, one of the biggest challenges I have in helping couples is when one person says, I know it all. You know, I know the answer. I'm right, you're wrong, right? So when I help couples become humble, when I help them become open to maybe they don't know, and coming to the session and also coming to each other with a sense of I may not know everything and I'm open, that is where, that is where the magic starts to happen. And uh, all kinds of learnings can take place. It's really challenging to accept that there's things we don't know. So when I uh, uh, approach my partner, my partner gives me some negative feedback and I don't see it, does that mean it's not true? I need to be open to the possibility that it's very true. And the same when I confront her with something. She may not see everything. She just may not see everything. And it's important to be open. On a larger scale, we're also starting to see that there's a lot we didn't realize before. When I grew up in, in history books, we talked about how, uh, you know, how wonderful it was the, that we, we colonized. But now I'm realizing, of course, and many of us are, that colonizing meant we took away land from the indigenous people. This is just an example. And slaughtered a lot of indigenous people. And we basically got our land by taking it from somebody else. It's really um, easy when you're in the dominant position to not have empathy and see the, the pain as well as the, the needs of other people, whether it's our own intimate relationship or we're talking about a whole population. The whole Black Lives Matter thing came into existence because for so many years, it was treated as if Black lives don't matter. So when people say all lives matter, I mean, of course all lives matter. That's beyond, I mean, of course. But that's not the point. Don't miss the point. The point is that for example, white lives always were treated for the most part as they've mattered. I, I'm not saying that uh, all white people have the same experience, but it's just an example of how we need to pay attention and have, and be open to some blind spots. We need to challenge our way of thinking. Like maybe the way I think 
about the people in those bad areas, for example, I'm, I'm thinking about, I mean, I was one of those people who said, why, why don't they just pick themselves up by the bootstraps? It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous thought. Okay, it is a ridiculous thought. It's no such thing as a bootstrap in this case. People that have advantages have advantages. And those that have disadvantages, we need to see that. So why I'm bringing this up in terms of sustainability, the word has gotten a lot of press. You know, my, my daughter, my younger daughter is involved. She just got a master's at Columbia and she's focusing on sustainable environments especially sustainable food systems and basically sustain to sustain some of these to keep things going right to to make things work over the long haul over the long term not just shot short <laughs> and so when a, when you have the haves and the have nots uh the have nots uh, eventually are going to affect the haves i'm not espousing to some kind of you know you know, I'm, I just think there are healthy ways to, to have the system we have. At this moment in time, I, I love my uh, uh, our capitalistic approach because it, I like the idea of merit. Uh, I'm always open, though, to seeing what's true and what's not true. I think there are major problems here in terms of evolution, the, the lack of evolution of our capitalist systems. I think we need to find ways to tune in to those that uh, need help so that we, listen, can you imagine how sustainable our planet would be if we all were out of survival mode, where people weren't starving in some countries and they were billionaires in the others? That, that uh, And I'm not even against billionaires. What I'm against is people starving. If there's a way to do this where people are out of survival mode so that they are free now to find their own up opportunities to find their own creativity that's very important so when i'm working with couples i'm going to shift back and forth here you know i find that the couples that do the best are those where they both feel they have the power to express themselves and they both feel visible that's really what it takes more specifically in the world of sexuality I find that one of the biggest contri contributors to low sexual desire, it's not the only one, I know there are physical reasons and other kinds of reasons, but one of the, one of the main factors that lead to low sexual desire is when a person doesn't feel they have the space to express what their sexual desires are, or even their desires out of the bedroom. It could definitely filter into uh, the bedroom. So one of the things that I help people do is help people where they both feel some power. And I understand that in some cultures, in terms of male and female, uh, males have more power and females have less power. I mean, it's that way in all cultures, but it is evolving somewhat in some cultures more than others. And ultimately, I think that in order to have the long, alive, passionate marriage that I write about and I talk about and I work with, both people definitely have to have a stance of power, of being heard, of being seen. So what would a world look like? What would a world look like when we have sustainable relationships? It's a world where each one of us realizes freedom I think about people that, uh, and I'm going to say this, okay, but the whole thing about masks, 
during the pandemic and the, the freedom to not wear a mask, to me is crazy because we are not alone. If I live by myself, I would be, have the freedom to do whatever I want. But if I'm in a, let's say a marriage, I got to think about how my thoughts and my behaviors affect my partner. I am beholden to my partner. That is the beginning of an evolved relationship. When I begin to experience my life as I am free and I need to do what's best for my partner and I, not just me. Now, the truth is, if I act in a way that says, I'm free to do whatever I want, the heck with you, then I have that freedom. But I surely don't enjoy the freedom of having the benefits of a wonderfully loving mutual relationship. Likewise, with the, again, expanding out to the, to, you know, when you don't wear a mask, you're putting the freedom of not wearing a mask over the freedom of me to feel comfortable, the freedom of me to feel safe, or the freedom of me uh, to have less chance of catching a variant version of the vaccine five, six months from now, or whatever the case may be. My point about this is, because I'm not sure when you, you know, some of you might be hearing this recording now, sometimes later, the thing that's sort of like an evergreen concept here that will be true forever is that what makes relationships sustainable and ultimately what makes life phenomenal is when we live our lives, not just thinking of ourselves, but thinking about others. It oftentimes means that the person that has the power or the money or whatever may have to share somewhat. They may have to share, they may have to give of themselves, whether it's money or time, or at least attention to those that may have a very different experience. They don't have that advantage. So whether we're talking about the couple, intimate couple, or whether we're talking about a, a, a more of a macro, broader version, an evolved society is one where we have freedom and we are thoughtful and considerate of others. We make room for others. We make room for others. I'll never forget when my kids were little, their favorite book for me to read was The Rainbow Fish. And in the story of The Rainbow Fish, and I have not, I haven't planned anything. I'm just going, I, I like doing these talks, just coming to what, what comes to my consciousness. But The Rainbow Fish is about this beautiful fish that uh, has all these beautiful scales, and, and this fish is admiring himself in, the, in, the, in his reflection somehow. That's how I remember it. Probably not because. I don't know how we'd see himself because there's no mirrors under the sea. But anyway, he somehow knows he's, he's beautiful. And uh, his, his little blue fish, I remember, comes to him and says, can I just have one of your scales? And he basically says, go away, go away. These are my scales. And so I guess the blue fish tells all the other fish and all the other fish kind of stay away from him because he was mean. And he goes to the wise octopus and says, can you give me advice about these scales? You know, I mean, I, these are my skills, and yet, you know, it seems like everybody's avoiding me. And the octopus says, share your skills. And he goes, but, and then the octopus just goes away, and she's left with the, what? I don't want to share my skills. Then uh, shortly after that, the same blue fish comes by, really, can I just have one scale, just one scale? And he finally goes, all right, and he gives the blue fish one scale. Still got all these beautiful scales. 
and he watches this blue scale with this blue fish with this beautiful one scale get all excited and going all around and hell and he gets this weird wonderful feeling that he hadn't had before right there's this part of our brain that really does crave giving and altruism and so anyway this fish this fish brain this fish experiences this joy and then some of the, the bluefish brought a whole bunch of a bunch of other fish and he just uh, generously and happily gave his scales until he had just one scale left so now they all have one scale and now he has a bunch of friends and he has connection he's connected so uh, that's my little story uh, that i used to read to my kids and it's so true that we need to value connection over I guess competition. I, to be honest with you, I like competition. I'm a sports person. I like watching sports. But to me, I got to keep it in perspective. And if we keep it in perspective, I think it's good. Connection over competition. You know, competition, yes, not as important as connection. And the people that are invisible, the people that don't have, the people that, whether it's an intimate relationship or the broader scheme of life, they're alone. They're invisible. There's not connection. And we all lose. We all lose, especially in the long term. So I just wanted to say that I, I think it's within our capacity, I know, to have a vision of what could be and that we need to realize we are beholden to other people. We're not, what I do affects other people. How I think of people affects other people. I need to be able to consciously choose it. I need to find ways see the best in others and to be willing to help others in the ways I, I can, you know? And so making connection more important than competition. I've been saying this uh, in the couple's realm, but every once in a while I want to expand it out to beyond the couple's realm too, because it's all about us developing as evolving, ever evolving human beings in, ev in an ever evolving universe, checking out, recognizing how we're prejudiced in certain ways to certain people, being aware of that. It's just thoughts. It's not really any absolute truth in those thoughts and that we have the capacity to bring people together and to love them and to connect with them and to be open to them and to, to help them, to, build, be, to be a bridge for them. And hopefully they will be that for us when we need it. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say again. Uh, this is Todd Krieger. Uh, please click on the link and you'll be uh, seeing it's about how couples in midlife and beyond can have passionate, alive relationships. And so enjoy that. This is Todd Krieger, making the world safe for love. Thank you for tuning and listening to today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Please leave a review, subscribe to the show, and be sure to visit www.toddkrieger.com for more resources that will help you get the love you want and for back episodes of the show.